Welcome to the Lovability Podcast. My name is Jennifer Stiers, and I'm here to talk love, relationships, sex, marriage, and everything in between. Welcome to the Lovability Show. Uh, let's hope today we keep our power. So uh, we uh, we had started a really good show two weeks ago and got interrupted. So we're going to finish it out. There was just too much content and a lot of participation because it's an important topic. Uh, so we are going to uh, we're going to finish that today. Uh, welcome everybody uh, for uh, joining. Uh, and if you all are on possibly joining from my personal page on Facebook, um, if you want to comment, you need to go to Lovability because that's the page I have up. And I do love your participation. I love your feedback. You guys are out there dating. I mean, my c content comes from you and your experiences often. Uh, and of course, experiences that I have with my clients and the things that I see here uh, through them, which is not always wonderful things. Uh, and uh, so this, this idea of toxic relationships is really important because there's so many. There's so, there's probably more toxic people running around than there are not toxic people. And uh, is that good? No, it's um, horrible. And it's why you yourself need to make sure that you're whole, healthy, and healed uh, the best that you can be until you get into a relationship and get triggered. Uh, and then it's your job to maintain that health and what you learned. But, uh, but also knowing, you know, the signs of someone that's unhealthy, because some of you keep doing this over and over and over again. And sadly, you know, I think the other piece of this is, is that there are some of you that complain and, and I say this with love because I welcome everyone and I want everyone to get educated and to learn and to heal. And the reason I'm telling you this is because some of you that are watching, you're not healthy. And how do I know? Because I can tell by sometimes comments or like, for example, today I put a, I put up a post about men, uh, you know, does communication come with men or do you have to buy it separately? Uh, which is always a good trigger for people because because men you got you guys for the majority really do suck at communication you do I don't know what's happened but um, the majority of you really don't communicate well some of you are amazing but it's such a small percentage and we love you for it the ones that remember how to do it uh, we love you for it, but I can tell you a sign for me that somebody's not healed. And hang on, let me just take a sip here. I have really bad allergies right now, so I will be drinking today, not alcohol, but because that can make a whole other fun show. But uh, 
Hey, Ron, don't be saying Roll Tide to me, by the way. Uh, we have an off week this week, so um, we will be watching you. Uh, Jamie, hello. Welcome, everybody. Uh, glad to see you here. Um, but back to the post today. As I see guys come on, and I get it, it needs to be said, but it's how it's said sometimes. I, when somebody gets defensive and says, and I say, you guys are doing this, instead of saying, some guys don't do that, or I don't do this, or this is what I do, or this is what a man should do, you're getting defensive and saying, but women are doing this, and women are doing it too. And, you know, that's it. The way I just said it is the way I hear it sometimes, right? It's like a child saying, be accountable. You, you know, this is happening. And instead of having a discussion about it, you're pointing a finger. Anybody that points the finger in another direction when the direction should be here, um, it is something to look at on your end. Because I do know that some women suck at communication. And let me tell you, those women that suck at communication, they are the ones that are either too busy to date, which are, they're, they are out there, uh, or they are toxic. So there's a sign for anybody that wants a sign of a toxic woman. If she's not texting you back, calling you back, or responding to you, she either doesn't like you guys, Okay. She either doesn't like you, you're not important enough, or she's not healthy. So any of the above are reasons to just cut off communication, not keep going, right? So it doesn't matter how pretty she is or how much you like her or how attracted you are to her. If she's blowing you off, for whatever reason, she doesn't want a relationship with you or isn't available for a relationship with you. So don't waste your time. I like some of you guys that, that do this and it's just not worth your time because these women aren't available. And ladies, that goes for you too. I mean, I was just telling a friend this past week, if a guy tells you, and this is the obvious part of toxic or not available, is if a guy tells you he doesn't have time for a relationship or he's not interested in a relationship, it doesn't mean for you to try harder because, you know, you're much more worthy and he'll see how great you are and change his mind. That's not how it works. If they're not ready, they're not ready. And they're trying to tell you straight up, I'm not ready and I'm going to hurt you, right? And any woman that would proceed trying to push a man into a relationship from that standpoint um, is not healthy. So do you get it? So it's really important that you understand your role in the not healthy, toxic part of it is that, you know, and, and there are, you know, some women that will say they're not available too. And guys, that means the same thing. If a woman is self-aware enough to say she's not available, she also is not available. She's not healthy. She's not ready. And I've heard it I've, I appreciate a woman that will say that because there's a lot of women that will just take any relationship that comes in because they don't want to be alone. And those women that say, I don't want a relationship right now. I'm not ready. I'm healing. I'm going through this. Good for you. Good for you taking the time and pausing and doing the work. Same with you guys. I hear you guys say it too, uh, that you're not, and you tell women that you're not dating. Good for you. Um, if she keeps pushing, you need to put up a stronger boundary, guys. Uh, so uh, hopefully she will um, grow to understand. Um, I'm going to keep trying to refresh this because sometimes I don't see you, your all's comments. So 
I'm going to uh, quickly uh, go through some uh, some recap from uh, last two or two weeks ago when we did this. So why um, are individuals and why they enter into a toxic relationship? So why do they get? How do you find yourself in one? Basically, low self-esteem, fear of being alone. I'll go into these more detail. Unhealthy relationship patterns learned from childhood or past experiences. If you grow up where there's toxicity or chaos, you that's what you know. And that's what love is. And that's something that people need to hear is the environment you grew up in, what love was in your home, how you were loved is how you will love or perceive love as an adult. So if your childhood was toxic and how your parents loved you or didn't love you um, or didn't show love uh, was present, that unless you've done the work, unless you've healed, that's how you're, that's what love is going to be for you. So a lot of you that had toxic backgrounds and, uh, and less than good childhoods, I'm not going to say perfect because nobody had a perfect one, but less than good childhoods, uh, then you're the ones that uh, are attracting these toxic relationships because we're working all this stuff out and whether or not you guys want to believe it or not, I do this for a living as a counselor for 30 years and as a matchmaker, I'm as a matchmaker, I watch my clients do it. I watch people that aren't my, you know, that aren't clients that are, that are date that are, I'm uh, coaching for dating. I'm watching them do it. I'm watching them make the mistakes. I'm pointing it out to them. I can almost ensure when I see a pattern, I can trace it back to their childhood always. It's either mom, a mom or dad wound. Always. Did you hear that? Always. So it's super, super important that you heal if you're attracting toxic relationships because uh, you're attracting them because it comes from you. Um, so misplaced ideas of love and acceptance, again, childhood. Um, manipulation and control tactics employed by toxic partners. Uh, and I think where that really comes in and is super important is those of you that have been in relationships with narcissists and uh, even though that term is overused and everybody likes to label everybody as a narcissist, um, not everybody is, but there's enough narcissism going around where many of you have been in relationships with them and they are toxic and they, they place a mental and emotional wound that is, it takes a long time to recover from. And so people that come out of these narcissistic relationships, if they were really bad and not just really bad, but the person that was in it was also not healthy enough to begin with. Um, so now you've got two, you know, instabilities there. It takes a really long time for unhealthy people to recover from a narcissistic relationship. So they come in with all these wounds. And so, uh, so manipulation control tactics employed by par by partners, former partners, uh, that's a wound going into relationships and, um, needing to heal a childhood wound from a parent repeating patterns. So we talked about that. Um, so let's talk about those childhood wounds and see if you guys can relate to any of these, uh, yourself, because, you know, sometimes you sit back and you think, okay, well, maybe I am toxic or maybe I do have wounds, but where are they coming from? Well, here's where they may be coming from. Uh, so very often kids that grew up with lack of love or validation. The validation piece is um, crucial. 
I, I don't know, I don't remember if I went through this last week, the last two weeks ago, because it was two weeks ago, and I can't remember what I did yesterday, but I'll say it again, anybody that came from a family with that didn't get validated, uh, and, I, and I think I remember going through this because it's different for girls and boys and moms and dads, so um, that validation from a man, from his father, that piece missing is crucial because that man's going to always try to prove his worth because he didn't get that validation from his dad growing up. So he's constantly seeking, feeling worthy as a man uh, in the world. And that that wound definitely shows up. Um, the mom wound um, for you guys with that lack of validation, our mom is our, uh, our, uh, our, she nurtures us. So if you weren't nurtured, and that's her role as you're so good at this, you're such a great writer, you're such a great baseball player, um, you're such a good friend, you're such a great communicator, you're so good at math, whatever those um, affirmations are. Um, when that's not validated from a woman, you'll seek those relationships out. What you're missing from childhood is what you seek out as an adult, whether you realize it or not. So if you look at what are the things I need in a relationship, what are the things that make me happy, and you really dig in from a, from a soul perspective, you'll find those childhood wounds there every time. Um, so, or you will find, um, I, and I don't want to say all of them are wounds, because I think the other piece of that is sometimes what you want and need are things that you got. So um, they can also be things that you had. So if your family was a big quality time family, you did a lot of things together, you had family activities, um, you had a very close family, quality time is going to be your love language and that's going to be how you seek out love. It's also how you perceive love. So if somebody is too busy to spend time with you, they may love you, but you're not going to see it as love. Um, so, gosh, this thing gets complicated, doesn't it? <laughs> so, um, so anyway, so uh, how we perceive love in our relationship with our parents is super crucial. Uh, insecure attachment styles can uh, impact how people interact and form relationships in adulthood. Uh, individuals with anxious attachment style um, tend to seek a, um, excessive reassuring um, from their partner. They need that validation. They need that reassurance that they're loved, that they're wanted, that they're cared for. Um, that is um, that is what they're seeking out in a relationship. And uh, and. In, attachment styles are a really interesting uh, piece of all this. I can promise you if you are anxious attached, there was somewhere in your childhood um, that you didn't get your needs met. And so uh, so it's important that you understand what where those were. Um, and if you haven't ever read the book Attached, I'm, I'm actually in the next month, I'm going to be doing another show on that because I feel like that is a really important topic for us to talk about and, um, and roll through again because they are a nice little piece of the puzzle. But if you are anxious attached, you are stressed out, you're anxious when you don't know how your partner feels, where your partner is, how they feel about you, um, that's your wound. Um, and we'll talk about how these attachment styles later work, but, uh, but anxious attached or insecure attached people, uh, those are childhood wounds. Um, trauma and abuse, you know, um, that in itself, I mean, 
trauma and abuse, whether that be physical abuse or sexual abuse, and you'd be amazed how much sexual abuse there was uh, back in the days when, you know, we're looking back. People don't, didn't think it happened, uh, I don't know, 30, 40 years ago, but it's been happening for a very, very long time. And sexual trauma is sexual trauma. And how do you spot that in uh, an adult relationship? You know, overly sexual partners, whether it be men or women, um, men typically, um, men typically it comes that sex addiction comes from uh, too soon of a stimulation to sexual um, paraphernalia when they're younger to not really knowing what to do with it. Um, kind of creates a perverse in the brain, um, amongst other things, but that's just one. And it's very prevalent now because of how media is and movies are. There's so much explicitness now than there ever was, is there's a desensitization to some of that and um, causing all kinds of issues with men and sex addiction. But, um, but with women, it shows up as um, hypersexual. So guys, these women that are overly sexy dressers, overly sexy um, in the way that they, you know, come across in their communication, that's how they lure people in. That's their tool. That's, that's, what they, that's what they think of themselves. They think that's the only value they have is their sex and their body, and that's, that's all they value. And that's toxic. It's absolutely toxic because let me tell you something about somebody that um, has that kind of background where they didn't get attention or they have trauma or abuse like that in their background. You can never, not one person can ever satisfy that because that's a wound. So what you're seeing and dealing with and you're thinking that you're such a stud because, you know, she's all over you, that's just her way of of expressing herself. It's the only way she knows how when it's not really healthy. So you have to be really careful, guys, when you run across these women that are hypersexual very quickly and want to get intimate with you very quickly, they're using that and they're not healthy. So you... You know, once you once you cross that line, you uh, you you will have issues. Uh, so neglect and abandonment. Uh, I mean, typical I abandonment issues, right? Uh, a lot of uh, unfortunately, what we see is a lot of dads that left uh, many years ago. Moms left too, but a lot of you know, if dads were absent in the life in their life because of a divorce. Uh, or whatever, those abandonment issues are very, very real. And guys, I will tell you because more women have them because of not having uh, a good relationship with their father. And I will say it doesn't necessarily, parents don't have to divorce for women to have abandonment issues. It could be a non-present father, a father that wasn't active or present in their life. Um, So it doesn't, it's not always about, um, it's not always about, uh, dad leaving, but any abandonment issues are going to cause problems for you. So you guys should always, always, always ask a woman, um, what her relationship is with her, with her father and what it was like growing up. Uh, super, super important. Uh, any questions out there because either my screen is not refreshing or I'm just not, you guys just aren't asking any questions, but, um, 
but if you have any questions, let me know. Uh, I'll just keep talking otherwise. Uh, okay, so um, role modeling is another place where toxic people come from. If your role models were toxic, that's what you learned as normal behavior. You may not have seen it as normal, but that's what it was. And so that's a problem. Um, you know, you tend to see this a lot with, uh, uh, Rachel, I'll get right to your question. Um, you tend to see this a lot with uh, alcoholic uh, kids, kids from alcoholic families. That toxic behavior of alcoholism, the codependent factor, uh, all of the all of the uh, compensating that a child has to do with an alcoholic parent causes a lot of dysfunction and codependent tendencies as they get older. And so when our role models aren't healthy, um, or you know, even from the standpoint of I hear from a lot of people, like how did you know your parents love you? Well, they never told me, they never showed me, so I knew because they spent time with me or they bought me presents or whatever. When your role model wasn't loving how do you show love right i mean if you if if touching wasn't something your family did you weren't hugs huggers or you weren't affectionate in your family you didn't have experience with that some people that come out of families like that don't even want anybody to touch them i mean it's it's absolutely crazy so you just you start thinking about you know that's why that's why people have to come together that have like-minded and uh, ideas about love um, and be healthy about it, not too toxic people that have toxic, but, but if you didn't have an effect, affectionate parents, you're not gonna do well with an uber affectionate person because somewhere along the line, they're gonna miss having that from you. Um, you may love it because you didn't get it, but you're gonna be you know, not supplying it to them in the manner that they want it and it's not going to work. So uh, you got to look at the differences when you're getting into relationships as to where do these things line up, who I am and how I express and show love. Are they the same as this person's? Uh, Rachel says, what about guys with bad fathers? Uh, guys with bad fathers. Um, I think I'm, I think I did mention that unless I just missed the question, but, um, but I, I, uh, I'll, I'll say it again. Guys that didn't have a good role model as of a father, they tend to lack self-esteem. They tend to they need they they're looking for affirmation. They tend to be very high achievers uh, in life, so they may be very successful men. Um, but it's because they were constantly trying to get their dad's attention to come see my football team, come see how great I play, come see how, you know, come look at my grades, look at these achievements. Uh, they're constantly striving, striving for more, more, more because they don't feel like they're enough. Uh, that absence with a man and his father is a big, is a big deal. It's a huge, uh, it's a huge wound. Um, and for women, um, ladies, how does that show up for you if a guy has a dad wound? Um, not as bad as when a girl shows up with a dad wound, <laughs> um, in a relationship, but you tend to find the guys that have the dad wound, uh, just aren't as confident. They don't, um, they're overachievers. They may neglect their relationships because they constantly have something to prove. And, uh, 
and they're not putting the energy relationships probably aren't uh what they're striving to be amazing at so um so it's different for guys and girls much it's much more of a toxic wound when a woman has dad issues than a guy it's very toxic when a guy has mom issues though so just the opposite the girl having dad guy with mom issues that wasn't loved nurtured and cared for again he's going to look out he's going to find that woman that does that and guys you know this often you guys that find that tend to get love bombed by narcissistic women because that attention you didn't get from your mom you're getting from a narcissist and it feels really good but it's very toxic so uh it works both ways there uh and so uh rebecca says hyper independence is a symptom too um uh of bad fathers is that you're talking about rachel um i mean rebecca uh guys with bad fathers hyper independence is um is one you know hyper independence is also if if somebody's super independent it it can go both ways it can be a sign of that they're women too that they just didn't get the attention that they were needing as children and so they're trying to prove themselves as an adult. And so they're super independent because they're super focused on themselves or super focused on having to prove themselves or achieve something to get the recognition and the love that they think they deserve. Um, I think the other piece of that pie where it's healthy because there's always a balance. I think sometimes there's you know people that are uberly independent um, that are very healthy. They're just so independent so really um confident and are confident that they've they're they're not needing a relationship so they're just in their own world doing their own thing um and maybe they were very nurtured for their achievements and so they're very they're very proud so there's there's two ways um that some of these things can go that's why it's so important that you ask questions about family origin and how they grew up so that you are aware as to what that looks like uh and um let's see rebecca let's see uh not no of neglect and lack of validation you can't just rely on any anyone um yeah so we just talked about that so perfect uh so uh lori says what causes defensiveness in men um what causes defensiveness in men oh wounds ladies <laughs> toxic wounds cause defensiveness um again they may not be from you the you know a guy that is defensive has been probably hurt neglected or rejected um, I think a lot, I, I personally could tell you from my observation, just from what I do for a living and watching the way that men and women interact um, at my events and on dates and online uh, and on social media, men that are defensive are typically men that have been wounded by women or, uh, or rejected by women and so it, it's it's important to to kind of know where sometimes defensiveness comes from because sometimes we try to match that defensiveness with you know with 
uh, more defensiveness when in fact that's a wound like you know we just talked about today with people and it happens a lot i see it a lot from men um i i'll I pick on women and I pick on men and it's a moment I'm going to pick on you guys because I tend to see this a lot from you guys. I could be, you know, if ever I point the finger at guys for doing something, whether it be not showing up from communication, not knowing how to court, um, not putting in the effort, something like that, I'll tend to get a lot of defensiveness from men pointing the finger back at women. And I'm the first to say some of you women are horrible. I mean, I, I, I will call it out. I've, I've said it a million times. There are age groups I could mention that I won't right now that are just flaky, super, super flaky. And it, it's, I feel bad for you guys that are trying to convince women to date you when you're dealing with flaky women. Stop. You know, if a woman doesn't show interest, if a woman... Uh, you know, it doesn't respond to you. If a woman doesn't want to see you, if a woman turns you down, go away, leave her alone. Don't keep trying. That's your wound now at this point, because she's pushed you away. If she's non-responsive, she's not interested, period, the end. And it goes the same way on the other side as well. Uh, so, uh, you know, in men that have been rejected time and time again are just wounded. And, uh, and that is very, very sad. And, uh, and Lori says, um, could it be from his mother? It could be. I mean, guys that, again, have that mother wound where they're not nurtured, and then they tend to attract women too. Like if they have a mom that was very hard on them or uh, emotionally or mentally abusive, they go for those kind of women. It's like, it is, it is, for sure, they go for those same women, and they don't. The women don't show up that way, or at least the guys don't see it right away. It's after the fact that if they had an angry, you know, absent mother, they will be dating an angry, absent woman. Um, they just may not know it at first. So you got guys, you got to deal with your stuff. Um, I I will say during COVID, I had a lot more men in therapy than women, um, but because men were starting to like stop, slow down and see like, oh God, I've got something going on here. Um, you guys have got to do the work because when you keep going after the wrong type of women and then you bitch about that, um, that all women are users, they're fake, they're um, not who they seem, they um, are, you know, they're, they're putting up a false, you know, facade. Uh, they're not showing up the way they really are. And then down the road, they turn into somebody else. That's on you. That's not on them. That's why it's so important, people. I mean, I can't stress this enough. It's why it's so important when you get into a relationship that it's not about, we're not talking about the weather and about the state fair and uh, the football game on a first date. We're really getting to know the person and finding out who they are and where they came from, right? What their childhood was like, um, all that good stuff. All of that is super important. That's all the stuff that's going to make or break you down the road. Yet so many of you are afraid to tread in that territory. And by the way, that's another wound that you guys should look out for. If somebody is very superficial and you ask them a deep question and they 
they block you or they change the subject or they brush over it without answering, that's a wounded person. You know, somebody that's not willing to be forthcoming or isn't um, available to be honest and vulnerable, those are wounds, right? So uh, that's a total mismatch of people. So you should ask the tough questions. You guys are asking really good questions, by the way. Um, so Nancy says, a man who had a nurturing mother um, but either is emotionally absent or not nurturing father, what result do you see? So a man who had a nurturing mother um, but either is emotionally absent or not a nurturing father. Okay. Um, emotionally absent um, may not have anything to do with mom. And not a nurturing father, again, that doesn't have to do, the nurturing that a mom gives to kids is different than the nurturing that a dad gives. So it's, this is a very complicated one, I'm just going to be honest. Because again, it can go both ways. A guy that didn't have a dad that was present in his life um, and wasn't supportive and affirmative they will tend to be those overworkers, absent, you know, not giving the kind of affection, affirmation, attention, and presence in a partner's life and their kid's life that they need. So I would think that wound, Nancy, is more from dad than it is from mom. Because you could have a wonderfully nurturing mom, but a guy could look at that because it's not necessarily a guy's role to be a nurturing mom it's to be a dad and if dad didn't teach him how to be a dad make sense so that's kind of where the that complicated piece comes in um lots of men with nurturing moms and not present dads that they're not good dads i mean what is the analogy i always use if you don't if you've never had chocolate how do you describe the taste of chocolate to somebody you can't because you you've never had it and it's the same thing with, you know, issues like, you know, if you never had a good father, how do you become a good father? You watch movies, you grew up watching Beaver Cleaver, you know, and so that's a good dad or, you know, you have some idea about it. Um, or maybe you had a friend, like I see a lot of people that had friends, parents, moms or dads that were good dads. Like a guy might say, well, my dad was never around and didn't show up for my stuff, but my friend's dad was always there for me and encouraging me and teaching me how to throw the baseball. You don't hear that as much with guys, by the way, as you do with moms. You tend to hear ladies will tell you that they went to their girlfriend's house and their mom took them under their wing. And same with the guys that, you know, somebody's mother took them under their wing because that's kind of a mother nurturing role to just kind of love everybody. Um, so, uh, so um, however, here's the caveat in all of that. You could have a guy that had a very absent father that didn't know what to do, but it, but because of him not knowing what to do and because of the absence of the love that he missed and the support that he needed, and out of all the things he wished he could have gotten, he makes a point to say, I'm going to be a different father than my dad was to me. And that's a very conscious thing that comes from doing work. It comes from being self-reflective, but guys can do that. You, and girls can do that. We, we, we see that. 
um, compensation happen. It doesn't mean the wound's still not there, but we can see how they act could be very different, but the wound could still be there underneath. People are complicated. Good Lord, as I'm thinking about this, I'm like, I'm hoping I'm not confusing you guys, but the psychology of people, they're so it's so complicated because sometimes how somebody presents to be isn't who they are at all. It's how they think they need to be or what, you know, compensations they've learned. Maybe they weren't a communi good communicator. They read a book or took a course. Now they're a really great communicator, but underneath it, they're really not. And they really don't know how to communicate. I mean, it's just, there's so many implications, which is again, why I have to tell you guys, you have to be healthy first. Um, so you have to be healthy first. That way you can recognize when you're starting to see all these signs. Uh, so Nancy says, if either sex doesn't respond, save your dignity and walk. Yes, absolutely. It goes both ways on that. Uh, Ron says, when dating men and women must study the person, some people are transactional people. They are what you have done for me. What have you done for me lately? Um, we must find someone um, that is wired like yourself. Yeah, there is no doubt. There's takers and givers, right? Uh, and uh, being either extreme <laughs> is not good. Um, but it is also good to find uh, who you, I mean, I always say to givers that you should find another giver. Um, because eventually, you know, you may be okay with giving and to a point where what you're getting back is so in deficit that your emotional needs aren't being met. And at that point, you can be enthralled in some completely amazing intimate relationship where all of a sudden you realize I'm not getting what I need. Um, it's been happening all along. So you have to be careful when you're a giver. Uh, that you're not over giving. And again, this is, we haven't gotten off topic because this is toxic patterns, toxic um, traits in people. Over givers can be toxic. If they're not asking for um, reciprocity in that giving, it's toxic. It is. Um, it is it's a deterrent. Some people are, are really good at taking care of other people, but they don't take care of themselves. That's not healthy. That's not healthy. Uh, okay, so uh, Rebecca says, yes, I made sure my kids got all the love and time I never got. Yeah, I mean, Rebecca, people can compensate, go in that other direction, and, um, and there's a healing in that, and I think that's important to say is people that do that, that are able to recognize, okay, I didn't get this, I'm going to give this. In that giving, same with relationships, not just with your kids, but in that giving and relationships, you can also heal a wound. So if you saw your parents not being affectionate, not giving the affirmation that they needed, and you do that in a relationship, there's a healing element to that. So uh, we can work out some of these things in relationships with healthy people. Uh, Lori says, let's see, it's a question. How do you get healthy and uh, be able to communicate in a healthy manner when all you've known is to deflect and defend in conversations? Um, yeah, that's, uh, that deflect and defend are two different babies, right? Um, deflecting the conversation says I'm not important. I'm not worthy. That's an I'm not worthy issue. Um, defending is, is kind of an I'm not worthy, but it's more of, uh, 
it's more self-esteem, it's more wound-oriented. Um, so one tends to be emotional and one tends to be trans more transactional, um, actionable, um, based on uh, the defensiveness is based on probably uh, how you had to communicate to get your needs met or to get what you want. Um, so when we are actually action, actionably, um, verbally defensive, it's from not, from having to defend ourselves verbally often. Um, so because of being accused or being uh, what, whatever, um, uh, whatever that, that wound was, whatever that wound was in childhood, where uh, the what was the other one? Deflection. Deflection is, um, is the I'm not worthy thing. That's where people, um, when we deflect, it's like, I, I'm not important enough. I don't want to talk about me. Let's not make this about me. It's because that person doesn't have the self-worth uh, to, uh, to discuss, to, to feel like they're discussable or um, worthy of the time it takes to talk about them. So deflection uh, it's also to hide things. So, you know, people deflect to hide. So I'm, I'm sure I'm skipping over a couple other reasons people deflect, but um, people deflect too because they're trying to hide things that wounds and whatever that they have. So uh, good points, but how do you get healthy um, when that's what you've known is you've got to deal with those things. You've got to understand why you're deflecting, why you don't feel worthy. You've got to understand what was inflicted upon you and why you're defensive. What are you defending yourself against? Because people that are defensive, sometimes the defensiveness has nothing to do with what's happening in their life now. It's what did happen. Just like people that are victims, right? That victim mentality, that's not because somebody is a victim today, you know, potentially it's that that person was a victim that's how they learned to get attention growing up is by being a victim um, and so you see if you see any strong personality trait either in yourself or in someone else that is a wound that is toxic and it needs to be dealt with okay I just lost you guys I don't know what happened <laughs> it kicked me off um, but I know there was another comment hold please I'll get back there at least we didn't lose electricity. Let's see here. Good questions today, though. Um, good questions. Okay. Uh, you know, and I love the fact that you all are thinking about this from a you perspective. Like, Lori, that was a great question. That was a, you know, maybe my behavior. So, or, you know, so instead of deflecting to look at somebody else. Uh, and that's, again, I tend to see that. Um, from very wounded people to have to point the finger back at another, you know, another person to take the, the attention off of them so that they don't have to deal with whatever they have to deal with. Codependency is the same thing. Uh, they will take care of everybody else and meet everybody else's needs because they really need their needs met deep down. They weren't getting, but their way of meeting their needs and getting love and feeling love is by giving it to somebody else when they really need to receive it. Um, 
Okay, signs, I'm going to try to fly through here. we got about 15 minutes. Okay, uh, early signs you might be in an unhealthy or toxic relationship. Um, a lack of trust. If your partner doesn't trust you from the beginning or wants to know where you are, uh, is questioning you right up front, I mean, I've had people do it after the first date, run, 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 run. Um, any lack of trust that didn't come from you, trust does need to be earned. And there is a time frame in which that needs to happen. But trust should also be given. And we can fight about this all day because I know I've had many conversations with you guys about this. You have to go into any relationship trusting someone else, but you must be discerning, right? So there, you, you have to trust because you just met somebody and they haven't given you reason not to trust them. And we don't have to look for reasons not to trust them, which many of you do. If you don't trust and you're wounded, you're looking for reasons not to trust them. You will find holes in their story that aren't even there, or you'll find reasons for their behavior that aren't even there that you know things that they're and how do you find that is you tend people tend to think for other people you know so a guy doesn't call a woman uh, or doesn't text her after a date the next day and she's like oh well he didn't really like me it was just you know I thought he did and I thought we had a great connection but you know I haven't heard from him so clearly he doesn't you know think so and I'll listen to women talk and women do it. It's not men. It's women. Women will talk their way out of it. That's your wound, ladies. That's that's your wound. That's a toxic wound. And that will keep you from getting in any relationship because that's an anxious attached. And that's an expectation that you have for somebody else That's it's not fair to have. Um, great to have standards, not good to have expectations. Uh, I'm mixing in all kinds of uh, all kinds of. Uh, things here uh, all kinds of things we could talk about make sure I didn't miss anything if I missed anything you guys comment now that I've gotten back on uh, the second thing is um, excessive control um, if a partner tries to control your actions decision your friendships um, limits your independence tries to tell you you know who you can be friends with how often you can see your family um, you know controlling those personal relationships in your life when somebody tries to push everyone else away that is their need their insecurity and need to control you and those are signs of an unhealthy person and potentially a, a, a very toxic narcissistic relationship I'm not saying always because people can be controlling without being narcissistic but but there's always that possibility I mean some to some people Control feels like love. So if you grew up in a very controlling child, childhood, control was love. So you'll be you'll you'll tend to find you know men or women that are very controlling. That feels safe to you. That feels good. That feels like love to you when it's not. You know that was just love growing up. That you know wasn't healthy. So you just you everybody's got to be very aware of who they are and how they grew up and what their wounds are so that we're not attracting it but excessive control um, is a reason to really uh, back up question and set proper boundaries uh, constant criticism um, it can be little things it could be I know uh, I had a girlfriend that went out with a guy and he he 
they were, they were sitting at dinner and he said something about a young girl that walked by way she was dressed and he said it's to his date he said why don't you ever wear anything like that right like that that's letting her know like he'd like that but and maybe that's the way he meant it but that's criticism to a woman like that kind of belittling where it's like well i'm this is that not enough um, or why don't you get your hair cut or why don't you dress this way or let's go shopping for you you know that kind of stuff um, that's controlling and that's trying to change who you are and that's criticizing who you are um, along with uh, I've also noticed the way you know you if you're communicating they may belittle you in the way that you communicate like why did you post that or why did you say that to that person you should have never said this anybody correcting you like that or criticizing you like that that's abuse I mean that is abuse that is somebody that's toxic that's somebody that's controlling and that's someone that you need to get away from uh, lack of communication <laughs> um, well I mean we talked about it a little bit today already but somebody that lacks communication may not they may not just have it in them they may not be communicators they may not they may not value a relationship they may not value you um, they may be so they may be so toxic that they don't know how to prioritize relationships so if they're not communicating with you or ignoring you it may be their wound um, it may be that they don't like you either way it's not something for you to question or fix. Um, it's just something for you to, you know, move away from. So consistent communication, if you're getting consistent communication, that is showing interest. That is, that is something you continue to pursue. Um, emotional or physical abuse. Uh, you know, emotional, physical, uh, verbal abuse. Anybody that puts you down, criticizes you, um makes you feel not enough that is not a partner should lift you up not tear you down the ones that tear you down are trying to control you or isolate you for their control and that's not something anybody wants uh disrespectful behavior uh if a partner disrespects your um disregard your feelings boundaries or needs you know somebody had said this I think it was Bill last week we were talking about it before the power went out and he was asking about these boundaries if you've you know communicated your boundaries to somebody yet they're not respecting them they don't respect you that's just that is key so if you've told somebody don't do this or if you do this it makes me feel like this and they say okay I won't and then they do it again and again they don't care so somebody if you've communicated something that's important to you um, or you've set a boundary that they're not willing to follow or they're not honoring that's disrespect and that is reason to get out because it only gets worse right those little boundaries those little tiny ones that they cross that hurt but don't st that aren't just like painful they will become painful after a while so when somebody somebody crossing your boundaries early people I you know I don't want to lose sight of the big picture uh, sometimes people do that in initial communication because they know that if they can get away with little things 
they'll get away with bigger things later. So it's really important to make sure that you are setting boundaries and you are forcing whoever you're with to maintain them because you're training them on how to be with you, right? And that's important down the road because they're also, if they're toxic, they're training you to allow them to keep disrespecting yours, right? So they keep pushing the envelope further and further and further. The little verbal abuse gets worse and worse and worse. The physical abuse, you know, once it's a shove or a, or a you know, a squeeze your hand too tight, the next it's, you know, it's, it's pushing you, it's hitting you. Um, the next it's, you know, flat out way physical violence and worse. So it's, but they always start out little and keep going progressively. So super important that we understand that. Um, frequent conflicts and arguments. Um, number one, if you get in relationships that, and you have a pattern of frequent conflicts and arguments, that's you. That's you attracting conflict because you had a conflicted childhood. That's what love was in your home. Whether you liked it or you didn't like it, it doesn't matter. You're re-repeating it. So, um, so uh, any type of conflicts and arguments. But those things shouldn't happen. Fighting's healthy, but too much fighting isn't. And early on when there's a lot of conflict and fights and drama, run. Just just it's, it's, that's somebody that's not healthy, right? So it's, it's okay to, it's okay to, to, to end relationships because you see that massive red flag, right? So frequent fighting and arguments are not good. Um, so how to break free, acknowledge the toxicity and the impact it has on your well-being because you are important. Okay, getting to the nitty-gritty here part. Um, I can see here that I'm not getting updates. I don't know why, but um, thanks, uh, <laughs> Internet. Is it slow? Are we getting, are you getting pauses, Chris? Okay. Um, um, I can't see if you're commenting, so I'm not ignoring you, but I can see that I'm not getting updates. Um, seek support from friends, family, trusted friends and family and professionals, and reach out to those people that care about you. It's really important, people, that you listen to your friends and family. The people that love you, if they tell you somebody's toxic, they tell you somebody's healthy, they tell you somebody's not good for you, listen to them because they have only your best interest in mind. Now, granted, we all have unhealthy friends and family members that will tell tell you to get out because they're jealous. You have to know, be healthy enough to know with discernment what that looks like. But, um, but I think it's important to, um, to, to listen. If your family tells you somebody's not good for you or they, they see a red flag and they love you and you know, they love you and they have your best interest in mind, listen to them because sometimes they see it first. Uh, set boundaries and communicate your needs assertively and make sure they're being followed and maintained. Um, focus on self-care, uh, self-love, and rebuilding self-esteem. So super important um, when you get out of any kind of relationship, toxic or not toxic, um, well, for whatever reason you get out, make sure that you do the work, figure out who you are at this point, um, you know, what you learned from that relationship, what you want moving forward, what you don't want moving forward, what works, what doesn't work, because who you are today is different than who you were six months ago, a year ago, or 20 years ago. So there is a point where you have to self-reflect and take time 
to um, to not only get to know yourself, but to get comfortable in your own skin and be happy where you are without a partner. Because that's the only time that if you are in need of a partner because you're lonely or you miss having somebody in your life or you need to have somebody in your life to feel fulfilled, you are toxic and you're going to get in a toxic relationship because you're going to overlook all the stuff you don't need to overlook because you just wanted a relationship. And learn from experience and um, uh, establish healthier relationship patterns. Check your patterns out. Everybody's got them. Um, the reason I'm good at my job is because I'm help. I can help people look at those. But you have to look at your relationship patterns. You also have to look. People be willing to look at feedback you're getting. If you're out there dating, and people tell you that you're not a good communicator, or that you're hard to get to know, or that you're rough around the edges, or that you're too assertive, or you're too shy, or not assertive enough, listen to that. If you've heard it more than once, it's true. It's, it's a pattern and you not willing to look at it is what's keeping you from finding love. So don't, please don't, um, please do not, uh, um, dismiss those things when you hear things coming up over and over again. If you hear them more than twice, it is your pattern and it is the truth and there's something there for you to look at. Um, often that's when I get people and we dive in and we figure out what that is and just fixing that people, just you fixing that helps you find love and helps you get into a healthy relationship. Um, okay. So, uh, lots to say, thank you for joining me. Thank you for all your great feedback and questions. You guys are awesome. Um, love, love when you, when you participate this way. So, uh, I will see you in two weeks. Um, and I might have a special guest for you in two weeks. So um, I'll see you soon. And uh, really quickly, I think I forgot to mention, we've got Karen, um, that Mexico trip, I think our, uh, I think our um, time ran up for booking rooms. Karen and I are going to Mexico. So if anybody wants to go to Mexico and have fun, we're not doing a matchmaking trip. We're just going to take a little vacation. She's got some rooms booked. There she is, Karen. Um, she is a great travel agent, by the way. You know, she knows how to put those things together. But um, you definitely want to make sure that you reach out to her if you just want to go have some fun. Um, don't wait because the rooms will not be available. The hotel's booking up. That's why they had to release our room block. Okay, love you all. Bye. This is Jennifer. Thanks for listening today. And please subscribe to the podcast. Each show, we're going to have new topics and information. If you'd like to find out more about coaching or matchmaking, please go to my website at lovegen.com or you can find me on my Facebook page, my personal page at Jennifer Styers.